1: Thank you, Rob. It's now seven minutes past eight. A correctional services delegation led by Minister Sbususu has been on a study tour to California and New York to study and observe various issues pertaining to the monitoring of offenders and officials in order to consolidate a best practice model for South Africa. Some of the things they learned was the alternative to incarceration programs, which are a strategy that has allowed New York to reduce crime, reduce gender- jail, and prison populations, and help individuals and neighborhoods. Instead of sentencing someone to jail or prison, ATIs allow a judge to sentence someone to a program where they receive treatment, education, and employment training in the community, all the while remaining under strict supervision. And if people do not succeed in these programs, the court still has the option of sentencing them to incarceration. A recent analysis by the New York City criminal justice agency found that felony ATI participants there were significantly less likely to be rearrested than similar people sent to prison. Uh, phone or forum question this morning, the question we ask is South Africa's justice system restorative or retributive? And to discuss this, we say a very good morning and welcome to Minister Spusiso Ndebele, who is in our Durban studios. A very good morning to you and welcome, Minister.
2: Thank you very much, uh, Taviswa. Thank you for the introduction. Very comprehensive.
1: And uh, thank you to Annie Heslink, a professor and criminologist who also joins us. She assists the Department of Correctional Services with offender assessments. A very good morning to you.
3: Thank you. Good morning to you and
1: your listeners. Soraya Solomon is CEO of the South African National Institute for Crime Prevention and the Reintegration of Offenders, NECRO. She also joins us on the line. A very good morning to you. Good
4: morning. and morning, Minister.
2: Morning, morning uh, to our very close partner.
1: Let's first start with you, Minister. The the trip you undertook. Um, first of all, I understand it was also based on the fact that uh, South Africa and the U.S. have some similarities to share in the sense that the U.S. has a high incos- incarceration rate and in South Africa a high prison population.
2: Yes, uh, so we we share quite a lot of similarities with the United States in terms of the number of people who are incarcerated and uh, the nature of the crimes and uh, our determination to reduce, to make our communities safe and feel safe. It should be safe to walk in the streets of Harlem, it should be safe to walk in the streets of Alexandra and Soweto and uh, that that is the objective and uh, in doing so Well, perhaps just in terms of just statistics, uh, the United States has got two hundred two million two hundred sixty-six people who are in prison as I speak, and six point nine million are under correctional supervision of one sort or another. Mm -hmm. South Africa has got one fifty-one as uh, of uh, Friday. That one fifty-one thousand people who are inside. Uh, Prison 151,873 and uh, 43,355 of whom are awaiting trial. Now, that is a a big number. Our own capacity is 119. We've got 119 beds. So that uh, once we go far over that, we are solving one problem uh, of crime and uh, creating another problem of crime inside the correctional centres and violating people's rights generally.
1: One of the things that you were looking at on your trip was the issue of uh, electronic monitoring. I understand that we already have a pilot project underway, but does it really belie what you were saying in your budget speech earlier this year, that the manner in which the prison population, inmates, were treated in the past has got to change?
2: Well, it, we. W- w- our fundamentals come from the from the Freedom Charter and our Constitution. The Freedom Charter says uh, imprisonment shall not be for vengeance, but for re-education. And uh, the Constitution goes much further than that, uh, and uh, to say humane treatment and so forth. But the South Africa is, is facing a fundamental problem of crime. Uh, more people are actually in prison in their own homes in that. Uh, by sunset, you know that you must you must be indoors and your loved ones must be indoors. You can't walk freely 500 meters out of your house and so forth. And the first people who are suspected are those people who are in and out of police stations, even if they have never been charged, but they become the immediate suspects. Uh, ex-offenders, uh, those on bail, those on parole, and those are the people who are first picked up. And uh, electronic monitoring gives you a device that you put on your ankle. It's like a watch sort of, but it's on your ankle. You can hide it with the socks or something. And uh, it's there 24-7. And we are given another device that is like a cell phone. You can only phone us with it. You can't phone anywhere else. Uh, And uh, at any time, we can monitor that you are in this house. You are now outside at the gate at any time. So that we therefore... And make South Africans feel safe in that they know that uh, known people who are, are prone to offend in this particular manner, snatch uh, women's bags or break into somebody's houses, let alone then rape or, or murder. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you know where they are at any time, therefore you can prevent it.
1: We'll talk about in just a moment how to make South Africans feel safer, but I'd like to come to you, Ms. Solomon, and looking at these practices in other countries, but looking at the South African prison population, obviously recidivism is something uh, that is feared greatly when undertaking such projects, but have you been known, have you known them to work, have you known them to also reduce the urge to repeat offence, so to speak?
4: Okay, Sophie, so, uh I need to make a very, very important point. NICRO has been running non-custodial sentencing for the past eight years. You know, we put about five to 6,000 people through our programs. Unfortunately, you know, we wish we had more money to do more people. So the, these programs is not a surprise to NICRO, it's not new to NICRO, and I can tell you it does work. So, for example, uh, what, what the referrals are getting from court is adult diversion too, where, you know, adults that have committed crime and it's really not worth giving them a criminal record, they diverted into our programs. So we have programs that really focus on changing behavior. Now, the challenge that I would like to put to the South African government, and I I take my hat off to the minister. I think it's one of the ministers that's actively involved in looking at rehabilitation uh, programs across the world and in South Africa. I've met with the minister. We've spoken. We, we civil society, needs to have the resource to upscale, to deal with the scale of the problem. Now, as long as we don't have the resources, we, we deal with a very minute number of people because of the lack of resources. So my appeal to government is to say to government, do we have the programs? Just give us the resource, upscale us so that we can have the national impact we're looking for. These programs work, Sophie, so we've seen people change their lives.
1: Well, let's come to you, Professor Hessling. Uh, I mean, obviously there needs to be some form of research done. Uh, The minister was speaking earlier on about how these rehabilitation programs should really be aimed at increasing public safety. So some risk assessment, some risk management is, is required. So tell us a little bit more about what is required and on an individual inmate basis.
3: Look it's a well known fact that the alternative to incarceration that is implemented in New York is working well. They have a sixty percent success rate, but that is for offenders with misdemeanor crimes so your your less serious type of types of crimes um and of course, it's a very good incentive that if if they don't succeed with the with the programs then they then there is a mandatory prison sentence for them. In South Africa, there is definitely a space for this. We do have first-time offenders, youth offenders, where where they have not committed very serious crimes. But we also have to be very realistic. In 2011, research proved that 70% of our offenders were incarcerated for very violent and serious crimes. So what is important for us to implement a program like that, which I think there's definitely a space and a need, together with a restorative justice approach, um, I think we need to assess the offenders on on an individual level. Research has also proved that the ones who failed the program, the alternative to incarceration program, that those individuals had a prior criminal record. And they had a criminal record for diverse crimes, so they were very skilled in criminal activity, and also very serious
1: crimes.
3: Hmm. So we just need to be careful regarding that, but there is a definite space in need in South Africa. You've noted in your research
1: that South Africa has yes. one of the highest crime and recidivism rates in the world. Now, you also mentioned that this is because of ineffective rehabilitation and treatment of offenders. Why?
3: I won't say each and every prison rehabilitation and intervention is ineffective. That would be incorrect and unfair to the very diligent um officials and therapists out there. Um rehabilitation starts within the individual, him or herself. No matter how skilled you are, how educated you are, how experienced you are, if that person is denial of the crime, if he or she does not have the motivation to change, if you send that person back to the same community where crime is rife to the same support structure where um, it's crime-oriented, then you will not rehabilitate. and it will contribute to the high recidivism rate. So many factors play a role here. Um, I have assessed offenders where amazing rehabilitation has occurred, but where that individual, where the necessary insight and understanding on the individ- on the individual personality level is just not there. So it's not a matter of uh, correctional services are not doing their job. Yes, there are prisons where it's, they work under very difficult circumstances with extreme caseloads, where it is difficult. But uh, assessment of offenders is a, a, is a key feature and we are working towards really trying to establish the needs of offenders for rehabilitation, for unique rehabilitation. And hopefully with this approach we will curb the residivism mm-hmm.
1: rate. Minister we'll look at the various programs that you are running at the moment in order to deal with some of these challenges but uh, statistics tell us that major crime categories are economic, aggressive sexual and narcotics now if we're going to look at economics in terms of the socio-economic um, atmosphere or circumstances in South, in South Africa some would say this actually creates the reason for relapse in, in, in in inmates, for them to go back and commit the same crimes.
2: Yeah, yeah. perhaps let's start with the, with the very clear categories that we're talking about. First of all, uh, per a, a, any given month, we have got 2,200 that uh, are granted bail and can afford it and pay and go home. Uh, they are still going to face trial, uh, which will go one way or the other. But the other 8,000 per month can't afford bail, and therefore they are locked up. Uh, Meaning that society then takes responsibility for their upkeep, their breakfast, lunch, and supper, and uh, everything else to the tune of 9,876 rents per month. Uh, Whereas if we're using electronic tagging, it will come down to 3,300 something, so that... uh, the burden will be off. Uh, at least, uh, almost seven thousand rands will be reduced from from this amount, and 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 the, 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 that's the first category. The second category is those people who are doing under twenty four months. Uh, most of them for petty pilfering and so forth and so forth. And those people are come in in, in our correctional centres uh, having committed uh, an offence, but uh, a crime, but not a serious crime. But by the time they come out, they are worse off. Society doesn't want to be a breeding ground. We don't want correctional uh, centers to be a breeding ground for people who otherwise would have uh, mended their ways without going into prison. So, 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 so that th- th- those are the categories that we want to reduce. And if we're then able to do that, and uh, thirdly, deal with the 40,000-odd that are awaiting trial. They are not guilty, they are not innocent, uh, their case is still uh, pending, and those people then can be tagged, and so that we know where they are, we know when a crime happens in their neighborhood, where they were at any one time, so that it it, it even helps them uh, as a as a best alibi that I was not at the scene of the crime yes, I'm a, I'm a I, 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 I break into houses but in this instance I was 5 kilometers away, and uh, that can be proven, so that In that way, we reduce the unnecessary people who should be inside. And we deal with the real criminals. The rapists, the people who assault people and cut cut them into pieces, and all those people who make our, our neighborhoods unsafe.
1: So would you say the current conditions in prisons do in a manner breed, what would you say, worse criminals, worse criminals?
2: It does. Uh, part of, 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 of this program is the electronic monitoring deals with those who are outside. There is also what you call tracking, uh, where we are, like uh, the new model uh, correctional centers like Alagabusha, like uh, Warren Kimberley, where we were able to monitor a, a control room right at the center there. You sit there, you are monitoring what is going on in the cells. In that way, when, uh, for instance, there are assaults, you are able to move immediately and stop the assault so that uh, a person doesn't get double punished, punished by society Mm. and punished by other inmates as well and all other unsavory things. That might happen there
1: So Solomon we'll come back to you in just a moment To get examples of uh, what the experiences Of prisoners are But uh, let's take a quick break We'll also take your calls when we return 0891 104208 0891 104208 This is the hotline number that you can call us on 34701 That's the SMS hotline at 2 Rand per SMS The question we're asking is whether South Africa's justice system is Restorative or retributive O eight nine one one oh four two oh nine three four seven zero one the SMS line. We are available on email as well. At AM Live or rather AM live at sabc.co.za. at AM live on SAFM is our Twitter handle.
5: Do you hear the
0: dramatic music playing underneath my ever more dramatic voice? It's what most companies do to grab your attention and convince you they mean business. But that's not how we do things
1: at Standard Bank. We're not about gimmicks. We're about working with you to optimize your cash flow and manage liquidity to keep your business successful, which is why more businesses bank with Standard Bank than with any other South African bank. So for less of this and more no-nonsense banking, visit standardbank.co.za forward slash business. Let's talk business. This is how we're moving yours forward. Standard Bank, moving forward. An authorized financial services and registered credit provider. What would you say?
2: Are unions really interested in the welfare of workers? The New Age tells you both sides of the story. Get your copy for only three rand fifty and make up your own mind. The New Age. One country, one paper. The Forum
0: at 8 on SAFM
1: twenty four minutes past eight, we're taking your calls. 891 we are looking at South Africa's uh, uh, prison system, justice system. Is it restorative or retributive? In conversation with the Minister of Correctional Services, Moussiso Ndebele, Annie Heslink is a professor and criminologist, and Soraya Solomon is the CEO of NICRA. Let me come back then to you, Ms. Solomon. Looking at a meeting that took place, I think it was last year, I'm not sure of which month, but it was a stakeholder meeting. And part of the criticism uh, to government was that, you know, government has so many great plans to reduce uh, some of the the things that happen in prison. And not only do they, you know, really undermine inmates' rights, but just makes the system so much so worse that it creates even more uh, heinous criminals saying that there were too many priorities. What is it, uh, according to the practices that you followed, the programs that you've been running, that would help alleviate the situation?
4: Well, we have many programs. Uh, Minister was talking about electronic tagging. We have an electronic monitoring program called the Micro Demand Revolution. And what's, what's very important about this program, it's not only about tagging. Uh, linked to the program is changing offending behavior, changing the behavior of those people on, on the program. One. Two, we have non custodial sentencing and we have adult diversion. These programs are running, and as I said earlier on, we could actually do far more than what we're doing now. Resources are a challenge. We've also seen in these programs, if you look at a prisoner coming out of prison, this person, and I think Minister has alluded to that, prisons at the moment, obviously, we need to reduce the overcrowding for rehabilitation to work. So we have a lot. We have the rate of recidivism very, very high. But when you look at our success rate with our adult diversion and non-custodial sentences, and even diversion for young offenders, the success rate is very, very high. You know, we've done research and we followed uh, young offenders that went through our program over the two-year period, and 93% didn't go back to crime. Now, if you couple that with people coming out of prison, you know, there's there's a, a great chance that they go back to prison within the first 18 months. So, yes, we have programs that work. We have programs that we've proven, we've done research to prove that it works. Again, just give us the resources and we'll scale up and deal with far more offenders than what we're dealing with now.
1: 891 rather. 208 I'm just going to read some SMSs here. Um, this one says... Uh, uh, Okay, it's mostly on the Films and Publications Board. So let me rather take the callers and I'll come back to the SMSs. Um, Haley in Johannesburg, a very good morning to you.
6: Hi, good morning to you and the listeners and the people of South Africa. Good morning. Good morning. Look, uh, the criminals commit worst in this country. South Africa is sinking on a dump in a mud due to the crime and the corruption. Every corruption and every crime is a twin brothers; they are related. The criminals are in the jail, they must face the sentence. I think the criminal justice system, they are running out with proper law. So that means they are bringing back the criminals into the community. They are going to cause many crises. You know, the you know, criminals in the jail, they are learning more in the jail from the senior criminals. When they come out, they are going to commit more. If you see, I was robbed with a guy was has been in the jail for eight years. After eight years, he was released in the pandemic, the same business robbery. This guy, right now, he was sentenced for 20 years. I don't know if the very same people is going to be released, I'm afraid. Always mm-hmm. when I listen about the crime, why South Africa didn't go to the neighboring small country like Botswana if you negotiate there? There's no baglass, there's no fence, there's no security, nothing. You open your car and you sleep peacefully. The crime destroying the economy of South Africa and many vital business people are leaving the country due to the crime. That is not a strong law system to okay. impress okay. the mind of the criminals. Let me tell you, don't kill, we will kill you. So everybody, he knows the value of their life. But South Africa, there is no value of the humanity and the life. So we lost. Every day we drive with the fear. We eat with a fear. We sleep with a fear. We drink with a fear. I've been working with the fear. So that means they cannot take away the fear from the community. They cannot restore confidence of the human being in this country. So I'm not talking about the racial relation or whatever of this. The crime is anyone who commits the crime must face the crime. So that is really, I don't accept that kind of rehabilitation to take out the criminals from the jail. Thank you very much, ma'am.
1: Joan uh, from Childline, a very good morning to you.
0: Good morning, and thank you for taking my call. Pleasure, Joan. Hi, Joan. Hello, yes. Yes, yes, pleasure. You can go ahead. Right, first of all, I want to say thank you to the minister for having a rehabilitation orientation. And good morning to Soraya, who's a colleague. Um, I want to ask the minister if more cannot be done with the rehabilitation of children. We have the most amazing Child Justice Act. We simply do not have the resources to implement it. And really, if we're going to turn people away from a life of crime, we need to start with the children who are committing crime. I'm very concerned about sexual offences against children because 51% approximately are committed against children by children and youth. We had a rehabilitation program going for young children who were committing sexual offences. We've had to close it because of lack of resources. Those children who need these services are now being dealt with by a criminal justice system that is not child-friendly and they lack the rehabilitation services that they really need. And I think this is the challenge. If we're going to rehabilitate, we've got to commit the resources to the rehabilitation.
1: Lot, and it's Jane.
0: certainly cheaper than keeping children in care.
1: Thanks a lot, Joan. And uh, just to read some SMSs, as I mentioned, they're not related, but uh, Bonga says, these politicians make me laugh. Sim can never have free and fair elections while Mugabe is in charge. My says, President and Mugabe are two leaders who have caused unemployment to South Africans because of their bad leadership style. Jenny Infuso says, why is a film with one sex scene banned when pornographic and television channel is allowed? And uh, Films and Publications Board is keeping company of, company of a long list of state organs hell-bent on curtailing our civil liberties. Health Department being one, says Elliot invert Park. Well, there are quite a lot of SMSs. We'll try and get through them, but uh, we are still taking your SMSs. The question on the forum today is not just system, restorative or retributive. We'll return in just a moment. Let's update your news headlines at 8.30. It's a little after 8.30, though, with Common ready.
0: The Forum at 8 on SAFM.
1: 26 minutes to 9, we continue with our conversation. Our Minister of Correctional Services, Musiso and Deble, is in our Durban studios, Annie a professor and criminologist, on the line with us, as well as Soraya Solomon, a CEO South African National Institute for Crime Prevention and Reintegration of Offenders. Nikra, we'll come back to you, Professor Heslinka, just a moment, but Amy's on the line. Amy, you say you want to counter uh, Soraya's comments on rehabilitation. Mm-hmm. Um,
7: she said something like, I was driving when she was talking, she said something like rehabilitation depends on the person who ought to be rehabilitated. I would say that is the final sector in rehabilitation. Foremost, the conditions of the correctional center or the educative area of the correctional center where people are got have to be, conducive to learning and they have to be properly managed such that people are capable of being rehabilitated. I conducted a research at correctional centers in 2011 and 2012. I've been looking to meet the Minister of Correctional Services and exposing to my research, to my it was dissertation for a master's degree. And what I found was shocking that Uh, offenders at correctional centers are very, very keen to get redress. That is, education that they didn't get when they were young due to the discrimination that we grew up under. But the, the correctional centers themselves have not fully transformed to be correctional friendly. So much so that offenders are hampered by attitudes, custodial attitudes, from being properly rehabilitated. Okay. And again, what offenders pointed out was, when they enter prison, they are very ready to do anything that they can be told to do. However, the first that they are exposed to is the prison subculture, because correctional centers are not ready. They don't manage education such that by the time the offender enters he's Almost exposed to education,
1: Amy, so that the you. best thing we know must do with education. Thank you for your call, Minister. Would you like to respond to that?
2: Yes, I, 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 I agree with uh, both uh, Charles Line and uh, Nicro. Nicro has been doing uh, really, really outstanding work, and uh, we need to be working more with them. We 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 want to have this uh, Indaba at the end of August with uh, your psychologist, your Nicro Charles Line uh, your psychologists, social workers and so forth and actually say what do we do we can't be saying the solution is building more prisons if you have got 241 uh, correctional centers now, there isn't resources to build more and more and those more uh, won't actually make much of a dent and therefore we need a situation where if those who go in actually get corrected uh, you come in there you can't read and write. You use your hand only to step or shoot somebody. You must know when you come out, you can use your hand to build a, a desk. And, uh, uh, you, you can build something. Uh, you come out with a skill, you come out with a certificate. Mm-hmm. And therefore, that is uh, actually quite at the core of, of, of what we want to do. But uh, the culture of resistance. Let's uh, start with, with, the, with the inmates themselves, those who are doing long term. There are those uh, where you come and say, this is how we are going to behave, and so forth, and so forth, and say, well, Minister, you found us here, you leave us here. And you look at this ticket, it's doing 25 years. Indeed, you will find him there and you leave them there. There is that attitude. But, generally, the TCS, the SS, the Centre, uh, from Commissioner Down now, uh, all regions are committed to transforming this center so that they don't become breeding centers of new crime.
1: All right. Uh Minister, we'll come back to the issue of funding, and uh, Soraya Solomon, I'll come back to you just yes. as well to respond to respond to respond Amy. But I, I want to look at the whole issue of assessment again, because uh, according to your studies, Professor Hesling, one of the things that you're saying is one of the cases in point is the Shreya Dewani case uh, in terms of our conditions in prisons, but you also speak about a case study of uh, a, a 24 year old male called Sipo, who, upon entering awaiting trial facilities, he was recruited into a correctional center gang known as the 26s and obviously subsequently became involved in two gang fines. And this could see him perhaps facing more charges, but what he was arrested for was rape, assault, and attempted murder.
3: Um, look, I, I have worked with a similar case where a guy was an economic offender and when he entered the uh, correctional facility, he was also a gang right and he was then recruited into a gang. And it took him years and years and years to get out of the gang and at the end of the day, he developed a rehabilitation program in where he assisted fellow inmates with education, mm. So, once again, it is about the mindset of the offender. It's about his framework, where he comes from. And just regarding our first caller, um, whether we like it or not, offenders do go to prison and they, and they serve their dues. Whether we like it or not, they are coming out into society. They must be reconciled with society. But I think the crux here is, is what we do with them. Before they come out in terms of assessment, and that is where assessment plays a very key role, where you assess the unique needs and risks of each offender, needs for rehabilitation and for therapy and risks for reoffending and for future dangerousness. And once you have addressed that, and not a one-size-fit-all assessment structure, you cannot assess females the same than you assess youth than what you assess serious adult violent offenders. You have to have gender-sensitive crime specific offender specific types of assessments and approaches, then we will be successful. I need to add that a couple of weeks ago, the Department of Criminology and Security Science at UNISA, we trained uh, many of the um, halting, uh correctional therapists, social workers and um, psychologists in pre-parole assessments where there is such a fear and where there is such um, ignorance about what to put into a pre-parole assessment. For the parole boards, where the, the therapists just do not know how to do that, and we assisted with the training. We also have criminology students, which the minister is aware of, that assist the various correctional centres in the country with offender assessments to get their sentence plans, to, to assist them with pinpointing the types of programmes they should be undergoing in order to curb residivism. Ms.
1: Solomon, just uh, looking at uh, part of the study that uh, Professor Heslin has been doing, one of the things, as I mentioned earlier on, is saying that, unfortunately, offenders are often apportioned the blame for re-offending and uh, written off as incorrigible. Um,
4: well, look, we do have, and I think that's the reality we, we must face, not all offenders. Uh, you know, are going to be rehabilitated. There are some that just would, don't want to be rehabilitated. But that's a small percentage, I would think. And if I think of the numbers that we deal with, every one of them coming through our programs benefit from it. So, Fisa, can I, can I take a minute and just do something very different now? Can I say something? We've been talking, if you look at prisons, prisons started over 200 years ago in the world. 200 years ago, if you read the theory books, and 200 years later, the criticism on prison is the same 200 years later. I commend the minister who's now wanting to do diff- things differently. We need, we need to have a radically different approach. We need to be innovators. We need to have a paradigm shift on both the justice system, not only correctional services. But when that person enters the court... We need a paradigm shift there. We need a paradigm shift at society level. Because there's no way society can say, keep them, lock them up. It's not our responsibility. It is our responsibility.
5: Throw the key.
4: Who creates those people? They come from society. So we need a radically different approach. We need to think out of the box because I think we're always talking about
1: social problems. If we do the same, we'll we'll never have differences. So tell me, how do we do that? Well, well, let's start. How do we create, just listen to this question, how do we create safer communities while uh, not having that attitude of lock them up and throw away the key, as the minister says?
4: Absolutely, I can understand that statement. How do you do that? And the only way you can do that is by offering and by rendering rehabilitation services to change behavior because when you change people's behavior, obviously they're not a risk to society. At the same time, Society has to come to the party. We have to be able to say, look, those low-risk offenders. Let's just talk low-risk offenders. We have a responsibility to to have safety nets at community level. So, for example, NICRO wants to change all its offices. We have about 30, 30 service points across the land into social reintegration centres, where the ex-prisoner can come into those centres, get therapeutic services. There'll be. We hope to run social enterprises. We're looking for at the moment where they can be employed, they can earn a living and have the therapy and especially the deinstitutionalization Mm. process from prison. But importantly, yeah. so we need to start with the courts. Not every offender needs to go to prison. That's when we club the system. We need to actually put them into like the nuclear rem- uh, remand revolution, the electronic tagging. We- then we're also protecting society because I can understand society is feeling vulnerable, but we're really focusing here on the low-risk offender. We're okay. saying the high-risk offender, society should be protected from
1: them. Minister, in just a moment, I'll come back to you. I want to take calls, but I believe you've got some brilliant programs in the US you looked at the SMART program but here at home we have victims in dialogue we'll talk about that in just a moment but let me take calls 0891 um, the SMS's that we received says if crime related to gangsterism and bank robberies are built their own jails, crime will uh, come down because this group will have no new recruits. Hardened criminals should still do hard labor, says Anthony Ayanda, says, Minister, I tried to email you about my brother's problem. He studies with UNISA, second year IT, needs internet access, the prison which he has a computer lab, but no internet access. We spoke with superiors to no success. What should we do? Studying is a good rehabilitation sure. tool. And Ish says, convicted criminals must either be put to work to pay their debt to society if they're not dangerous and put down if they are. No free lunch for the corrupt. Well, let's hear from Ntaviseng in Mpumalanga. You want to talk about risk, risk assessments for offenders.
7: Hey, yes. Good morning, Minister, and good morning, uh, Honourable Panel Day. Good morning, good Ntaviseng. Morning. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, Ntaviseng is one of the officials that used to work for the Correctional Services and a pensioner. I worked for 33 years for the Department of Correctional Services. I left due to the, due to ill health. Mm. Uh, the issue between uh, the, 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 the risk assessment of offenders uh, between South Africa and America is not the same. They are not comparable. Due to the fact that in America they do have a parole system, but they also utilize the halfway house system. And we tried to, to recommend and improvise to have the, 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 the halfway house system but through these centers of excellence as well as the offender rehabilitation path. The problem area lies with the fact that your, your, are hardened criminals, like those that, the, the rapists in South Africa, when he's released he's released as an offender and his, his 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 integrity and image is not supposed to be stigmatized but in america if you leave atlanta and you go in to mississippi you're supposed to they will circulate your name that this particular offender is a rapist mm-hmm. was once assessed, uh, arrested for rape and he's now in in, in mississippi and if he's a pedophile people are also being conscientized that there is a pedophile terror- t- in, 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 on the loose. there. He has been released, he has been rehabilitated, he has been through halfway houses, we are assessing, after hours as well, okay. he has been under a parole system. But with our our correctional facilities, the problem is, these very same hardened criminals that do, that are serving four life sentences, that do not have anything to say, they got so many human rights and they do not actually uh, uh, subscribe to the fact that you, the constitution has got human rights, but it also indicates that this the, the, there is no right that is absolute. Right. Thank you very much.
1: We take the point. Uh, I'm afraid I do have to move on to other callers. Yeah, but,
2: but quickly, the, uh, the Minister of Justice, uh, Minister Katebe has just published that uh, from now on, we are publishing the names, the sexual offenders register, so that uh, because if if a, a sexual offender is coming to a community because they finished their sentence, the sentence starts and ends, hmm. uh, so that we then notify the people that uh, this sexual predator is coming to our area. And uh, that's what it is. You just must be aware. He has finished his sentence. Okay. So it is. It is. It is not uh, dissimilar to that of the US.
1: Okay. Ms. in Johannesburg, we need stiffer sentences. You say.
5: Uh, good day, uh, uh, Good morning. Uh, look, I think more than anything, we need stiffer sentences because this guy is going to prison. Let Let, let me make an example for housebreaking. They go in for for two years or two and a half. They come back, and they commit really the same crime. So the problem is, uh, because what the minister is saying now is almost like trying to, It's in trying to bend mm. the tree when it's already old. The tree is already 100 years are trying to bend it, will never be bent. We need to be able to say, as a country, because the, 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 the lady that has spoken now, the old lady that, that has spoken now, she has said a lot in terms of saying we are not the same in terms of doing things. South Africa and America don't do the, the, the things exactly really the same, and also we need to to, to look in terms of also if you are talking about uh, ha- a- habilitation, you know rehabilitation of the so I've always been saying the our entire society needs rehabilitation because we, we've had brilliant uh, of, of kids brilliant of guys at school, people who, are, who, who will have been something but they, they, they resort to doing crime because for them crime is more lucrative than having to go and sit behind the desk and become something. That is where we need to start rather than having to say we'll be doing something for the prisoners and also I feel uh, it's, it's, it's very very sad because there's somebody who, who has had break-ins I, I was never uh, rehabilitated and yet that criminal who did uh, uh, who committed those crimes is going to be rehabilitated. I, I'm still so. I've lost stuff. I had to 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 to, to, pay, to pay more to to restore my house, the the doors, the the windows, and stuff. What about me, the okay. victim? All right, yeah.
1: thanks, Ms. Mike in Cape Town. If I know, uh, if you could just give me a second, Sir. Mike in Cape Town.
5: Hi, Sodisa. Thanks for taking my call. My question is this: I, I like the tagging system that the minister picked up on. I think it'll work, but I'm very nervous about who's going to select who to be allowed to be released from mm-hmm. prison. It's no good having a gang member. Uh, Tag when you you just operate his gang from the benefit or the praise of his house, so that has to be carefully carefully done and then my question to the minister is who's actually going to monitor it because we certainly can't have the police doing it we I think they've been voted the second most corrupt uh, department in the government, and certainly uh, the the prisons have a very lackluster record in this area, and I', I just referred the, the minister to a lucky to kiss who's a senior prison official. Now, he was convicted of murder and spent time in jail. And he's currently, as far as the most still a, a, a member of the, of the prison service. So if we've got gentlemen like him managing the system, my answer would be to outsource it. Now, I don't know if the minister is, is prepared to do this and outsource it to an independent body that could be monitored by the government. Otherwise, I see a huge revenue scheme here for corruption. Uh, thanks,
1: Defeezer. Okay, Mike in Cape Town. Make a jail feel like a jail not a hotel. That's uh, uh, some of the SMSs. Sunny in Etra says, Botswana, Lesotho, Zimbabwe can get it right. Why not us? Because South Africa is the only country where you go to jail and come out with a degree. And the Supreme Court of Appeal has ruled the restorative justice is inappropriate in the case of serious violent crimes, whatever the circumstances. Dwayna says, uh, bring back death penalty for criminals. Kholin Swayne says, if correctional service is breeding ground for crime and hardened criminals, then it fails to be what it called correctional. If state wants to cut costs of feeding animal criminals should a state force family members to support criminals. Kaitu in Bulguan, says, in South Africa, the criminal is killed full stop. Well, uh, just before we come back to you, Minister, on some of the similarities and what we can learn, uh, I Solomon, you wanted to say something? It was the trust that wanted. Oh, sorry, sorry, Professor.
3: It was was I. Um, What I wanted to say is uh, we need to realize that offenders are a product and a reflection of society they reflect what is happening in society. South Africa is a crime-prone country with a culture of violence. We are known for that, and we are um, published on that worldwide. South Africa, I think the Global Peace Index listed as 121 countries who are not peaceful and not safe to be in in the world. But coming back to rehabilitation in America versus South Africa, Yes, that's true. We sit with offenders who come from rural areas who do not know what it means to speak to a counselor who do not know what it means to, to speak to a therapist, a psychologist. They do not have that framework. Their culture, the meaning of the culture, their practices, the customs are not recognised in our assessment set, um, system at the moment. Um, we need to look at that We need to work it into our assessments assessment in order to be successful in order to make an impact. We need to recognize the individual, what is important to him or her, where he or she comes from, and why they committed the crime, and not just a one size fits all. Now we've identified needs, now we have identified risks. That's why the therapists are so um, confused about highlighting risks for offenders for reoffending. And I really think that we can make a valuable contribution regarding the needs and risks and in developing. Um, African-centered needs and risks our offenders to, to curb the rehabilitation.
0: Uh, an SMS
1: here saying that conjugal visits can help reduce crimes in prisons. Professor, your, your thoughts on that?
3: I'm sorry, just say it again?
1: Conjugal visits can help reduce crimes in prison.
3: Businesses? Conjugal um,
1: visits, yes.
3: Um, It's a societal responsibility. That the minister will tell you. The, The white paper says correction is a societal responsibility. And all the people who complain about the crime, yes, we realize that we all are either victims of crimes or we know people who have been victimized or within this community. But we need to work together to work with the offenders. Otherwise, we're not going to do anything about our high recidivism rate. Right. We need businesses to be involved. Many people have much to offer for corrections.
1: Minister, just to quickly come back to you, I, I did mention some of the programs that you have, and I see one of them being criticized by ISHIA, but you've got programs like Reading for Redemption, Victims in Dialogue, how is that working for you? And if you were studying the SMART program in the US, is there anything that you gleaned that you believe we could bring back home?
2: We, we are more convinced than ever. Uh, as you know, that uh, as of this year, we said all, all, all inmates, all offenders should be reading something, uh, they should uh, come up with a certificate, come up with a, a skill, so that uh, they are better people better because you can now make a, a table or you can now uh, build a house uh, and so forth. That That is a, is, a, is a serious program to skill people so that uh, they can do something different with their hands. Uh, secondly, the victim-offender dialogue. Uh, the gentleman who spoke about uh, that the, the, there should be stiffer sentences. Mm. How stiff. Uh, we, we had uh, 150,000 uh, inmates around about 1994-1995. We still have got exactly the same. We are the highest uh, incarcerating country in Africa. Uh, so, so, so that uh, there, there, must something, there is something that we must do differently. Uh, and crime has not gone down. And uh, the electronic tagging uh, uh, ensures that we know where people are people studying, uh, you, you're saying Zimbabwe and so forth, they don't study in prison. President Mugabe actually acquired five more degrees while he was in mm. prison. That's why he has got six degrees. And uh, if they don't study, what do they do? They just contemplate on vengeance, on going out and doing, uh, killing uh, like uh, the mother monster or something like that. No, you want to make this person a better person than when they came in. By educating them. Everybody can be educated. If uh, someone can change right at the cross there. And say forgive me and so forth. Uh, uh, I mean every every saint has got a past. Every sinner has got a future.
1: Minister let's just leave it there. And Soraya Solomon if I could just get you briefly. To just give your final word on this.
4: My final word is that. Uh, for us to deal with the problem, we, know, we need both government and civil society to partner together so that we can impact on reducing the levels of crime in our country.
1: And uh, Professor Hesling?
3: Um, I agree with the Minister. Education does diminish crime. It has been proved worldwide that once offenders are uh, uh, educated, they have more opportunities and more choices. And we mm-hmm. really need to take that into consideration.
1: Minister, just in as brief as possible time as you can, the white paper management of uh, remand detainees, that's been finalized for tabling and publishing. Do we know how soon that will be?
2: Well, we're going to do it before October of the of this year. But uh, I think uh, the meeting of minds, uh, us and NICRO and Childline and all social workers, psychologists uh, to really formulate and, and ensure that uh, we, we have got a uh, better correctional regime uh, that make South Africa really safe. And they were determined to ensure that those who come to our facilities do okay. not re-offend. Thank uh, you very they much are better much. human beings from now on.
1: Minister Spusiso ndebela Professor Annie Hesling, sorry Solomon, thanks to the team, Tracy Boomkot, Shandla, Shandlale, Nzoaki Kukwenze Gile Ntlati, Lungile Mabaso, Lengye Mabaso. Mark Prela, technical producer, forum producers, Ronald Piri and Jake Mukoma, chief producer with executive producers, Wusi and Sejia. From myself, Sepi Sumakwita and the team, thanks for listening. Up next is Morning Talk, the news at 9 o'clock read by Carmen Reddy. Thanks to you for all your calls, SMSs, tweets and Facebook responses as well as emails.